0: It's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Aarons and T. Smith. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and reconnect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile and T. Smith are passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time for Get Mental.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to Get Mental. This is Transformation Tuesday and I have such an amazing guest right now. I'm so excited to have her on the show because she is an incredible woman, Miss Rhonda Haston. Um, She is the founder of the Coronado Bridge Collaborative. Technically it's the Coronado San Diego Bridge Collaborative for Suicide Prevention. Basically, she started this mission um, out of her, the out of her passion for really trying to uh, prevent suicides happening on the Coronado Bridge. And so, this is a very important subject in mental health, and especially right now because of COVID nineteen. So, I, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Miss. Rhonda Haston, thank you so much
2: for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. What a lovely uh, introduction, and I'm in good company. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So Rhonda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So the audience has uh, some background information on on who you are.
2: Sure. So I'm a registered nurse, and I'm a native San Diegan. Uh, I moved to Coronado about 10 years ago. And so I saw a need in the community regionally, and nobody was doing anything about this, so I thought I'd take it on to see if I could do anything. Wow, you you make it sound so simple. I'm sure it was a little was a, lot of, a lot of effort went into it, but I think we've, we we're we seeing progress. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, may I ask you what what led you to dis- decide this cause? Like, why suicide prevention?
2: Sure. So when I was living, you know, living uh, amongst the community of Coronado. Uh, I was meeting people and they had witnessed jumpers, committed, you know, suicides and attempted suicides four Mm -hmm. and five times, like more than one friend. And I was like, wow, that's got to be traumatic. And I had, I had two uncles who committed suicide, uh, you know, when I was younger. So it hit my family personally, they didn't jump off the bridge, but Suicide's been, you know, a hard pack in my in my family's life as well. Yeah, yeah. So you you've been personally touched by it, which is often the case with all of us in the
1: healing professions. You know, I mm-hmm. yes. specialize in trauma because I've been personally touched and my family and so forth. Okay, so we're going to jump right into you know why you're here at Get Mental today because I believe that there's a um, a mental health crisis that is happening in our country, even before COVID. And so with the COVID event, and now the kind of the political climate that we're currently in, I'm sensing that, you know, there's just a kind of a more heightened sense of hopelessness and helplessness and anger going on or going around the country. What has been your experience uh, since COVID-19 as it relates to depression and suicide attempts on the bridge?
2: I read a recent statistic, I think it was published by NAMI, that said that in the past, I'm not sure if it was five or ten years, suicide rates in the United States have gone up by 30%. That's that's just amazing. Oh, um, yes. Especially with teens. Yes. And unacceptable. Absolutely. So regionally, I will say the numbers that we're seeing from uh, reports from medical examiner's office in San Diego County we can't see what effects, if any, that there have been on suicides as it relates to COVID um, since like February. We don't have those numbers out yet. They only come out um, to the third quarter of last year. I guess the reason for that, I'm not quite sure they'd have to speak to this, but. They have to close the cases like they have to prove the cause of death. And some of them just aren't, they're not positive. So they leave it open. So that's why we're only confirmed to the third quarter of 2019. But as of then, we have 421 deaths off this bridge. Since when? What data is that? Oh, yeah. So uh, it opened for passing cars passing through um, 1969.
1: Okay. Wow. So since 1969 up until... The present, as of uh, third quarter of 2019, there have been 429 known deaths. 421, as I know it, yeah. 421, okay. And I was looking at some stats here. It looks like the average uh, suicide, completed suicides on the bridge from 2012 to 2019 is between 12 to 19 per year. Yes, that is correct. And the sad thing is this seems like something that could be easily fixed. Mm-hmm. That's that's my opinion as a lay person. I don't know what it takes to, and the political issues related to changing a bridge or addressing the issues on the bridge. But wh- why do you think we haven't been able to fix this problem yet?
2: Well, I don't know why it wasn't brought to the forefront sooner, because the problem had been occurring this whole time. It's 50 years, that, you know, the span. Yeah. We'll say that it's going to be quite expensive. So that may be one factor, Okay. Also, multi levels, many, many jurisdictions and organizations like law enforcement, regional lawmakers, uh, you name it, somebody's got a claim and a stake in this structure. It's a national monument. If it's not, oh. it's, you're going to deem it a national monument. So you can't change those structures once they're, you know, uh, landmarked or whatever. Wow, that's
1: really that's really educational.
2: I did not realize that because what seems to be
1: like such a simple fix from a layperson's perspective, mm-hmm. right? We don't understand like. How complicated
2: it is? Yeah, you'd think slap a fence up there and everything, everybody would be okay, but it's just not like that. They have to do uh, studies to make sure that the payload can handle it, well, that the bridge can handle the payload as well as the winds. Uh, You know, you look at um, uh, San Francisco with the Golden Gate Bridge, and it took them ten years to get their nets, but they are having their nets installed right now, and they have. I read about that. Yeah, fourteen hundred deaths on theirs to date. They're still not done, but but they're in the process of putting those nets up.
1: Do we, do we, so for people who who don't kind of know what we're talking about here, San Francisco um, spent almost $200 million on creating a net that would catch people who would jump off the bridge, the San Francisco, the Golden
2: Gate, right? Yes, ma'am. Over 200 million, yes.
1: Over 200 million.
2: So is there kind of the same intention for San Diego? The intention is the same because the problem the same however it's not going to be necessarily that method they're there right now we're doing the second feasibility study with caltrans they are we're watching <laughs> um, and they have they're leaning towards a reverse s fence it's uh, like 12 foot sections that can come down so that they can perform maintenance on the bridge but think of uh, the letter s and turn it upside down and so it, looks, it has the appearance of a wave So it would be lovely. I mean, we're going to add, you know, to the aesthetic, not take away by, it's like a design sort of, which is going to be 10 feet high.
1: Okay. So collectively, it sounds like there's, an agreement that something needs to be done, it's just a matter of how to get it done and what type of structure or design yeah. we're going to agree upon as a group. But you're all on the same page that it needs to be addressed.
2: We're all on the same page that something needs to be done with, what, with regards to lawmakers and decision makers. But how to get it done is the integral thing, key piece that nobody knows how, because nobody's ever done this before. You know, Golden Gate Bridge has their own set of you know circumstances, but that's, that's its own structure. Same with this bridge. It's its own structure. So, we, you know, how do you get the funding? How do you get the engineering to agree on a certain type of method? Well, we're going through the, diligently going through all of the processes that need to happen in order for something like this to take place. So, Rhonda, what's the
1: what are you, what is what do you think is kind of the prognosis? like when when do you think this thing might be completed, this project?
2: So from the last meeting I attended with Caltrans, the director was in attendance uh, for District eleven. They had indicated that this is going to take about ten years. We're in the process already, three years, so seven more years. Right now, they're in the second the second feasibility study where they're gonna determine exactly which method to use. And then after that, I think they're going to be looking for the funding. Okay,
1: so it's you're projecting another seven years. And is this regardless of who's in
2: office? I think it's regardless of who's in office because we got legislation passed. Uh, Senate Bill 656 was passed a year or two ago that said that we would be able to get emergency funds allocated to this project and they would be federal, and they would be uh, on the state level. So okay. the money's going to come, whether whoever's in office, I think.
1: Okay. And from your from your experience, do you think there are other ways we could um, help people who are thinking about hurting themselves on the bridge right now? Maybe some practical tips for you know, a driver on the bridge who sees somebody there? Like, what's your, what are some of your thoughts on what we can do now to help each other out?
2: There's no call boxes on the bridge span because there's all of the space up there is traffic lanes. So there's nowhere right. to sit for no someone to stand safely. The phones are
1: on the on the on the beginning of the bridge, right? As you're getting there, on.
2: There's only one and it's at the toll plaza on the Coronado side. And it's attached to the building itself. So if somebody was gonna, you know, be suicidal and want help, they're not gonna go, well, in my opinion, they're not gonna go to this to the building where CHP hangs right. out because they don't wanna go be put in jail or in the you know the county mental health. Or some of them don't wanna be seen or that's right. Really trying, they're really committed to committing it. Well, that's for sure, yeah. So I think if they were to move the call boxes to a more um, discreet location, also patrolling the area that's under and around more frequently. And also since nobody can, you know, hang out up there and say, Hey, can we help you? Are you okay? Uh, uh, Vehicle patrol, you know, back and forth on a more regular, a regular basis. I don't think they do it at all now.
1: Yeah. That's such a good point, you know, because I mean, I'm sure Coronado police, and correct me if I'm wrong, could have the resources to patrol that bridge if they wanted to.
2: I have called them a couple times because I someone reached out to me that was suicidal and they were on it right away. So I, they have the resources, you know, when it's, you know, immediate need. I don't know. Long term, they would have to speak to that.
1: Yeah, yeah you would um I, you know I'm all about like thinking outside the box and thinking of solutions right and I I
2: have, I, an, I have an outside the box idea the toll plaza is the only one side of that building is being used it's being built uh, used by the CHP to monitor the bank of um, cameras that they have on the bridge yeah. the other side of it could be you put in like students that are uh, going to SDSU or UCSD they're like you know Social workers. Psychology but. students, yeah. yeah. Forensics. Or, yes. I love that.
1: Are I love right? that. I yeah. I that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because absolutely. Um, I think I shared this with you uh, offline, you know, many weeks ago. I used to work for the San Diego Access and Crisis Line. Uh, perfect, yes. And that's the number that that phone you're describing will ring yeah. to. And yeah. we had a f- special phone for that. And oh, we'll is there, that right? And we would take a rotation. Interesting. We would rotate the shifts of who takes that the calls from that bridge. I never got a call, but every time it rang, we would all look at each other and go, Oh, oh my goodness, like this is this is almost about to happen, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a great idea, what you brought up. So what do we know about well, hey,
2: talk to whoever you can about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, to maybe like maybe. absolutely. Yeah. You got my wheels turning for sure. Um, what do we know about the people mm-hmm. who have jumped
2: mm-hmm.
1: and have uh, passed away?
2: So, suicide targets every socioeconomic demographic that there is in our population of human beings that live on this planet. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Or sick, or healthy, or young, or white, or black, or Asian, or, or black or Asian, or Vietnam veteran status. It doesn't matter. It hits all of us. It hits every one of us. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. And um, how do they know that somebody Ooh. jumped?
2: Oh, okay. Like uh, the bridge. How does the yes. bridge? Move? Is there? Are there cameras up there? There is. So. Remember I talked about the levels, the jurisdiction levels, all of these different law enforcement agencies that are involved? Yes. So there's Harbor Police that that control the water. There's the CHP that control the the span of the bridge. There's Coronado that controls spans of the bridge. And there's San Diego Police Department that controls the span of the bridge. So when someone calls, like let's say a passerby calls 911, it goes to CHP. But sometimes somebody will see them and call Coronado Police Department and then CHP doesn't know about it. And it's just, no one just keeping track of this.
1: So they're not coordinating. There's not no coordinated
2: effort. Negative. Oh
1: wow
2: is there is there movement towards coordination well we were gonna have movement towards that and then we got um forward progress on getting senate bill 656 passed so we were like you know what let's not push it we want this you know the progress to occur not not the counting of the numbers for the you know the resources it's more What's, what's that senate bill i'm sorry i'm not familiar with that oh um Well, it's Senate Bill 656. It's R, the one that we had written. Um, Senator Bill Hueso, uh, Ben Hueso, sorry, uh, wrote it for us about two years ago and got it uh, in front of the Transportation Committee for California State Senate. And it just says that we we need to move with uh, urgency on this bill, this project, because it affects the public safety so much. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, that's... Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Um, so we are assuming, at least for me as a mental health clinician, that the jumpers at a minimum are have some kind of mental health issue, whether diagnosed or not, right? I would absolutely agree with that, yes. Mm-hmm. Is there anything
2: more that you know about them? Well, I mean that would be something to speak to, per, uh, you know, psychiatric emergency uh, response team about. Mm-hmm. I don't have statistics on what their mental health conditions are.
1: Or the demographic, will, yeah.
2: That's right, but I will say that um, I think it's uh, American Suicide Prevention. Uh, that that organization has a, a current statistic that says ninety-five percent of people that commit suicide had a treatable uh, mental illness upon their death. So, yes.
1: Yes. yes. And a lot of times, you know, it's the, it's a stressor. There's a trigger mm-hmm. to that depressive episode uh, mm-hmm. for all of you listening. Right. And that, that stressor or set of stressors can overwhelm a person. And at that point they believe that the only way to end their pain is to end their life, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah,
2: that's right. I yeah. That's an important distinction to make that there's two types of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember the terminology, but one is People that are depressed. The clinical, clinically the depressed. And, and the others are schizophrenics. Yep. And, and yep. there's two different ways of treating these these patients. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. one is not necessarily going to help the other. But that, yeah. that's, to be edu- the people, you know, public, I think, needs to be educated about that.
1: Right. But, you know, at a minimum, we need to make it hard for people Absolutely. to commit it, mm-hmm. right? Or to that's jump right. or to that's be
2: right. able to catch them with a net. So that we have the opportunity to treat, you know. Six seconds from once they stop their car mid span, getting, you know, park it, get out, and jump over. Six seconds. And that's not enough time for anyone to get to them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. You are doing some incredible work here for the community, I tell you. Are you a, a lone person in this endeavor, or do you have other people in this collaborative helping you? We do.
2: We have so many volunteers. I think the current number is like 2,000 in the group and 2,500 on the, on the page. But please visit our website. You'll, there's lots of great resources and information there, coronadobridge.net. coronadobridge.net. <laughs> is that a play on words? Well, it was before we found out what the method was going to be. And we were just playing off of San Francisco because we knew they were getting nests. So we were hoping that we would get nests.
1: Um, so what are the volunteers uh, do for you or for the collaborative?
2: It depends. Like um, Every summer, um, except for this year because of COVID, We have a memorial service for all those who have, you know, passed from the bridge. Families come, friends come, there's different clergy that represents their, you know, denominations. They all speak. It's beautiful. Every year, this is the fifth year, and more and more and more people are coming out and, and just spending the time amongst all of us. We have this shared thing that we can be compassionate to each other about, and it's beautiful.
1: Oh, my gosh. That is really lovely the service you're providing to our community, you know? Um, do you ever partner with other nonprofits
2: like NAMI, you know? Absolutely. Um, we're, we're all uh, connected on Facebook. So if they need anything, we're here for them and vice versa.
1: Okay, wonderful. Do you guys ever have um, kind of free counseling funds or, or, you know, funds to help people with treatment
2: so, so, Coronado San Diego Bridge Collaborative for Suicide Prevention is a nonprofit, but we dissolved it because we didn't need to collect any money. Because okay. there, all this funding is going to come from federal or California state grants, most of it anyway. Right. So, we, we don't need to ha- have any money for this, but right. we're there for whomever other nonprofits that need us to help them collect money. Anytime, right. Okay. Okay. And so
1: last uh, final thoughts, Rhonda, on um, what the community can do to help.
2: So mental health, wellness, health and wellness needs to start at the primary level. If you are feeling or you have a loved one that's feeling like there might be something going on mentally, have it checked out at your physician, your primary care physician, uh, urgent care or clinic that you guys can access You know easily. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you get those medications that they recommend. Go and see a psychologist, mm-hmm. stay on the meds, tell the doctor or whomever, mm-hmm. if the meds don't seem to be helping, people seem to think that, oh, I got a medication prescription, there it must be the right one. No, not always. It takes, a, sometimes it takes a long time Testing to right fit. Yeah, antidepressants is going to work for you, and sometimes mm-hmm. they have to put more than one. There's a combination of two that would work. Mm-hmm. Keep talking to your healthcare clinician about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, thank you so much.
1: That's such a a powerful message. You know, especially I, I've been doing this for for a few years, twenty years, and I can tell you that there's still a lot of misconception about psychotropic medications. Yes, That's right. why I got Jamie there on go. my show. I had That's a nurse true. practitioner uh, who specializes in psychiatry to come on the show to talk about it because I wanted mm-hmm. people to not be so afraid of it. Just Let's just demystify this, this, this thing, you know, because for some people it literally is life-saving. Absolutely, I so, agree. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And also therapy, you know, mm-hmm. can help. And going back, I wanted to touch on what you said about depression. So there's clinical depression and there's, um, you know, other more serious mental illnesses like schizophrenia If people are delusional mm-hmm. or if you have bipolar disorder and you're kind of in a manic uh, episode where, you know, you might be impulsive and your judgment is off or, um, yeah, you're just, you know, kind of having some psychotic symptoms. Those are some of the people that might be at risk, but it could also be somebody who's experiencing severe PTSD. Sure. Absolutely. Right. And just like having a lot of memories and flashbacks and nightmares and can't deal or don't want to deal with the symptoms anymore. And then other times there are people who are what I call uh, situationally depressed. Mm-hmm. Meaning they may not be like the kind of person who presents with classical depression, but one or two life events, you know, have caused them to really become depressed and hopeless. And sometimes that can lead to a decision to end your life. You know, so it has many faces, right? Um, but but when in doubt, if, if you know somebody, or if you yourself are suffering from this, um, the message is please get help. There is no shame in depression. There is no shame in having suicidal thoughts, you know, and there's a whole team of professionals who are trained and willing and able to support you. And want
2: to help you. They want, they seriously want to help. Yes, they seriously care, you know. they sure do. So
1: I also want to share a hotline for folks if they're, you know, don't know where to start. You can always call the San Diego Access and Crisis Line. It's a 24-7 hotline, 365 days a year. It doesn't close, doesn't matter what holiday. It is 888-724-7240. Again, that's 888-724-7240. And I will post it on the, the Facebook uh, link if you if you need it. Okay. Do you have any other resources uh, to share with our listeners and viewers?
2: Sure. Um, you give an Optum Crisis hotline. That's excellent. If you want to text anonymously to talk to somebody, it's 741 741 Ooh, um, I did not know about that. Yes. What um, is? Who did they end up talking to? Uh, I'm actually, I can't. I can't remember. But it's somebody that's reputable. It's a reputable organization. Yeah, probably a peer, a
1: peer, or a,
2: a, a professional. But they are who. professionals. They are they're trained professionals. Yeah. So seven four one seven four one. Wonderful. Seven four one. Also up to us. Org. Uh, that's San Diego Regional, and they can definitely help you with. Uh, it's a hotline, but it's not open twenty four seven. It's a hotline. I think they have a lot of resources too, right? Up to yes. us. Or. The best resource that I know of is two one one. Yes,
1: yes, two one one. I used 2-1-1. to. I used to refer to two one one all the time when I worked at the San Diego Access and Crisis Line. Yeah, so two one one, you guys, is like your one stop shop for all your social service needs your information resources groups food pantry emergency information Mm -hmm. that's happening locally in the community it is really a great resource thank you for reminding me of that so that's it thank you so much for being here and again thank you from one woman to another who's Mm -hmm. trying to make a difference in the world i honor your work and thank Mm -hmm. you for um, doing what you do and if there's anything we can do to help at get mental, uh, please reach out. So thank you, Cecile. You rock,
2: and thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All okay. Right, have a great Bye day. for now.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about your host, become a sponsor or a guest on Get Mental. Or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons and T. Smith on The Answer San Diego.
1: From a very young age, I knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted to change things for the better and be part of the solution. Through a lot of hard work and determination, I achieved my dream of owning a private practice known as Transcend Therapy, where we provide counseling for individuals, couples, and families. I've always been passionate about helping people resolve the things in life that may be holding them back or creating pain. Launching Get Mental Radio was just the next step towards helping more people because our mental health is just as important as our physical health. Life is tough, and if you're struggling, you're not alone. We can help you weather the storm. Hi, I'm Cecile Ahrens, owner of Transcend Therapy. We truly care and are committed to giving you the best service. You're not going to feel like just another client, and you are definitely not going to feel judged. We offer quality, compassionate, results-driven therapy services. For more information, check us out at TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Supporting
2: local business isn't always convenient, but at Ortiz Market, it is. Ortiz Market has all your shopping needs right at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. They're family-owned and operated and feature a huge selection of local beverages. And if they don't have what you're looking for, they'll order it for you. That means you can get what you want without the long lines you find at big-name supermarkets. The best part is they care about serving our community and are here to join the fight to destigmatize mental health and let people know you are not alone. Visit Ortiz Market today at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido.